All right, guys, welcome in to today's episode of the Southeast Seeds Podcast. It is Thursday, September 27th, 2018, and the theme of today's episode is shooting. Uh, that's because Andy Katz, who is now over uh, with the NCAA doing all their stuff online and continues to do a great job, uh, was at ESPN uh, for all those years and just now has taken his knowledge over there, and he's done a lot of fun stuff uh, this summer. Uh, running through you know list type stuff in terms of ranking players teams uh, different types of things and today uh, he had one that kind of caught my eye and that was uh, the top shooting teams around the country and someone like myself who appreciates great three-point shooting uh, I thought it was fun to kind of look through the list and see where um, he had the SEC kind of in those spots not surprised really by where uh, he had some of these teams, and we're going to kind of go through it and, and talk about maybe the state of three-point shooting in the league going into the season. I think traditionally the SEC sometimes hasn't been a league that, that has always relied on three-point shooting. When you look at percentages, um, you know, and maybe it's just a playing style thing, or there's always been a lot of great big men in this league where you've had years where teams just kind of go through their inside game. Uh, but as the three-point game, you know, as we know, looking at basketball itself, uh, when you see kind of uh, how much the three-point game has impacted it and how many more teams are shooting from outside on a more frequent basis. Now, uh, it's always certainly a huge element and a huge part of the game in terms of game planning uh, and how teams play. Uh, in the rankings, he had uh, four SEC teams in the top 25, Starting with uh, number 10, he had Auburn, and I don't think that's really uh, a big shock to anyone in terms of if you look around at all the different teams, you look at the pieces on the roster, and you base it on kind of what we saw last season. Uh, I think it's pretty safe to say that, that Auburn's a team that's going to be right up there uh, nationally when you talk about the best shooting teams in the country. Uh, they made a school record 324 three-pointers last year. They, they put up a ton of them, as we know. Uh, they played up and down the court. Uh, they would kick out and transition, find people for three. It's just such a an entertaining playing style, and it was hard to guard them, as we know, when you see what happened, winning a share of the SEC regular season title, having the success that they had. Uh, and now they pretty much return all their top outside threats, and I think Jared Harper continues to improve at point guard and just the way he can – uh, penetrate and kick out to the, the shooters like Bryce Brown uh, and some of their big guys who have developed as well in terms of shooting the ball. I think I saw a video, uh, it was earlier in the week or maybe you know when practice started, I think it was looking at, uh, there was a video of some sort where you're seeing Austin Wiley, Anthony McMore, uh, guys like that knocking down uh, shots from outside. And I think that's something where they have a lot of guys who can be a threat, and if they can you know, kind of have their big guys also join the party, uh, it makes them such a, a tough team to guard, and it's going to be the case again this year. Um, you know, How many threes they put up, I don't know, but as we've continued to mention, uh, they're going to keep playing at a very fast pace, and they're going to keep running up and down the floor. Uh, transition defense will indeed be uh, the main theme for teams that play Auburn. Uh, just based on what they have on the perimeter, so so I would you know I would be in agreement with that probably when you look at it and say what's the you know on paper going into the season what's the best team shooting wise I think Auburn's that team 
at the top. Uh, he had Tennessee next up at number 12. Uh, the Vols get basically their top four, you know, regular rotation player, three-point shooters back. Uh, Lamonte Turner was at 39.5%. Jordan Bowden was 39.5%. Admiral Schofield was 395 uh, I think Jordan Bone was not far behind as well. So Tennessee, you know, we went into last year kind of looking at their size, wondering if that would be an issue, but it's just not, you know, with the way they play. And as we saw, it wasn't something that affected them. And they're a team that, you know, you have a lot of different options because you have a lot of versatile players that can kind of play the game in a different way. And look at Schofield. I think he's a perfect example where, you know, the way he plays, um, you know, he plays a, a four type of guy where, you know, he can be a wing and do a lot of different things, uh, but he can shoot. And I think that's going to give them, uh, once again, looking at everything they have coming back with their top six scores, Tennessee's going to be in really good shape, I think, to be a, a team that can beat you from outside. And then you've got Grant Williams uh, who can do things in the lane and do, you know, Kyle Alexander. I've always kind of talked about him. Uh, his his sort of development has been kind of fun to watch, and I think he's going to uh, really be, you know, have another big year for them in the, in the paint. But uh, they've got options on the outside. Rick Barnes has some, some shooters to work with. So uh, the Vols are ranked there at 12. Uh, and then at 13 was the Kentucky Wildcats. Now, I think you look at Kentucky, um, you know, the way they play and, you know, with all the recruits that, that they get in, uh, they're not a team that always has to rely on the three-point shot. And it seems like over the past several years, when you try to find a weakness with Kentucky, you always kind of go to that three-point shooting and say, well, if someone plays Kentucky a zone, how is that going to affect them? And I think it's something where this year – um, they've got some pretty good options to work with uh, in terms of their guards that can shoot. They bring in Tyler Hero, uh, Emmanuel Quickly, the freshman. Quite a green shot, 37.6%. Uh, made 41 threes last year overall. Uh, but, you know, again, I think that's when you look at Kentucky. They finished 327th in the country last year in three-point field goal attempts, and that's not a surprise at all. Uh, because of where things go offensively for them and how they have typically year in and year out uh, the ability to have these slasher type of guys that can get into the paint. They have these big guys that can kind of take over a game. Um, and now you just kind of look around at their roster. But but they do. I think Tyler Hero is someone uh, who's going to be able to, to really be a big asset for them. I um, mean, like we said, I mean, their, their guard play uh, will will – be able to to keep up with anyone in the conference, and that's why you look around at Kentucky. You're seeing them, you know, as I've talked about, being that potential, you know, not just top team in the SEC, but maybe top team in the country, depending on how everything comes together from a chemistry standpoint. So uh, he had Kentucky there. The, the three top ten teams in terms of, like we, we continue to say, those are the three teams you've seen the most just in the top ten in preseason polls. Uh, he has them as the top three shooting teams. And then number 24 had Vanderbilt. Uh, what's interesting about that is Vanderbilt lost basically their four best shooters. Uh, when you think about the senior groups that were there, the senior, the three seniors with uh, Riley Chance, Jeff Roberson, Matthew Fisher-Davis, I think Peyton Willis was the next one uh, on that list. All those guys are gone. But you bring in Darius Garland, uh, we can kind of talk, I've talked about the comparisons that have been made with him and kind of not only his ability to pass, but his ability to shoot the ball. 
Uh, Matt Ryan, the Notre Dame transfer, gets a chance to step on the floor this year. A really great shooter. Aaron Neesmith, uh, another freshman who's going to make an impact right away. I think he's someone to really keep your eye on. You know, we talk about that freshman group, and it's, you know, from a rankings perspective, it's the best one Vanderbilt's had. Um, But we talk about Garland and Simi Shitsu, but Aaron Neesmith's someone you really probably need to look at uh, I think he's going to be able, be able to play right away and maybe someone by the time we get to SEC play that Bryce Drew has a hard time keeping off the floor because I think he brings a lot of different things, uh, but he will be someone that, that really contributes uh, from an outside shooting perspective. Saban Lee and Max Evans, uh, the two sophomores, uh, also uh, didn't shoot particularly great last year, but I'm very interested to see kind of how that develops. You know, those are two guys that, that really, I think, the better part of their game is their ability to go off the dribble, get to the lane, but I think expanding their game this year will be something to watch. Uh, and, and again, it goes back to Garland, uh, what he's able to create for a lot of these different guys. And don't forget, forget about Yanni Wetzel. Uh, the big kid, you know, he's someone that is kind of that traditional big guy now. It seems like, you know, we say traditional because that's what we're seeing the game move towards. You want to have guys that can shoot. Um, they think he can, you know, be be one of those guys that can step out and shoot as well. So uh, that gives Bryce Drew uh, some options to work with there. You know, th- that's again ranking them is kind of hard to do, uh, but you can't really argue against the, the ones that Andy Katz has ranked here. Um, you look down the rest of the, the roster in the SEC from a shooting perspective. I think Florida uh, is probably the next team in line in terms of uh, you know you could put them in that group. And I wouldn't kind of, you know, be too upset about it because as we talked about with Eric Fawcett on Wednesday, uh, I think Florida's guards are, are going to be certainly a huge strength for them. And they're going to be able to play with anybody in the country. Um, Jalen Hudson's back. We know what he's able to do uh, sort of at a moment's notice. And you don't want to leave him open. Uh, the freshman guards are going to contribute. Andrew Nimhard, uh, Noah Locke, those guys are going to be able to, to contribute in that department. Uh, I think Kayvon Allen's numbers – will be a little better. Uh, consistency at times last year uh, was an issue, but but he's another one of those players that we kind of talk about that can score points in a hurry, and if he gets going, uh, he's someone that, that's going to shoot threes, and he's going to have a chance to, to be someone that Florida relies on uh, there as they have over the past several years. Um, so the Gators, they'll be a fun shooting team. I think you know they'll put up a lot of threes, and they'll still be able to work through their guys inside with Kivarius Hayes. Keystone can shoot, um, so th- that gives them uh, some pretty good options there. Uh, Texas A&M, I thought, is kind of an interesting team to look at from a shooting perspective, only because we're sort of used to them going through their big guys in recent years. You know, last year we went to the season, talked about the three 6'10 guys, where you had Tyler Davis, Robert Williams, uh, Tony Trokes, and Morelos. Uh, now all those guys are gone and you know I mentioned you go back on the podcast when we talked to Billy Kennedy this summer that their intention is to play faster and I think they're going to have to kind of by design uh, because they they don't have that you know they're not having that Tyler Davis that Robert Williams those type of players in the paint Uh, so they're going to play faster and they're going to run everything uh, through Admon Gilder, TJ Starks, uh, a good one-two combo there. So, so Texas A&M might be a team that uh, they finished tenth, I think, in the SEC last year in three-point field goal percentage. But they may be a team that's going to put up more threes than we've seen 
uh, in several years from them just because they're, they're kind of going to have to because everything's going to run through those guards. Uh, they do add some new new players to the mix as well that will help them. I think from an offensive standpoint, Josh Nebo comes in, Christian Mekawulu comes over from Tennessee State. Um, so so we don't really know maybe enough yet about Texas A&M from an offensive uh, standpoint, but Billy Kennedy did say that it's kind of going to be like when he was at Murray State. Uh, they played a lot faster. They played more up-tempo. I think that could translate into them uh, putting up more shots from the perimeter and maybe relying on that, especially you know through someone like Gilder, uh, to do more uh, in, that, in that department because that, they're kind of going to have to do that. I think, to, to really be able to compete in that upper half of the SEC. Uh, you look at the bottom four teams uh, from a statistical standpoint last year, Alabama, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Georgia, they, they were the four bottom teams. And, you know, we, we continue to say this, but all of these are like one percentage points and that kind of stuff, so you're not exactly talking about a wide gap uh, beyond that. But if you just look at it from, from that standpoint in terms of the bottom four teams, they were those four. Tevin Mack's going to help Alabama's percentage. Um, you know, shot 39.1% at Texas 2016-17 season. Uh, John Petty, we know that's kind of his game uh, in terms of knocking down three-point shots. Uh, it's the, the biggest thing with Petty is going to be developing, you know, his game off the dribble, being able to score uh, in more than one way. And I think maybe that's what we're going to keep an eye on with him. But he's still going to be someone that – that's such a, a valuable part of their three-point game. Um, you know, Riley Norris is back, so so that's someone else that, that Avery Johnson can rely on because Alabama is just you – know, the offensive woes have been well-documented at this point, and we've talked about them over the past couple of years. Um, that consistency is just something that they've got to find, and it would be nice if they can have that consistency from a three-point standpoint because, I mean, you know, that just opens up some things for them to do. You know, they have guys like Dajon Ingram, um, you know, Dante Hall can score, but they just need more of that on a consistent basis. And I think opening up that three-point game, being able to shoot a higher percentage, make opponents uh, kind of fear them a little bit from outside, that could go a long way towards taking away some of those offensive problems that they've had. Uh, Mississippi State, I think looking at the numbers, and I don't, I don't really remember this. I know I looked it up last year, but I think you go back and look at it. They were 80th in the country last year um, in three-point field goal attempts, which may be a little bit surprising, but maybe not when you consider their guards. Um, and only, But only one rotation player shot over 34.1% uh, from beyond the arc. That was Eric Coleman. So, um, even with all the guards that Mississippi State has, that has kind of been a problem. And I think that's what's going to be something that, that people are going to look at this year and say, if Mississippi State is that preseason top 20, top 15 type of team like we think they can be, you want to see that percentage kind of go up some. Uh, you want to see them kind of be able to, to be more effective in that role but they do have that size. They do have that athleticism. It's not something that they absolutely have to rely on uh, you know, to win every single game. And I think we saw that last year. They still won 25 games, even shooting as poorly as they did, taking as many attempts as they did. Um, but they've still got enough. Even if they're having a bad shooting game, they've got enough players on that roster that can get into the lane and score, whether it's from a guard standpoint, whether it's their big guys. Uh, they have enough to work with, uh, but if they do start to develop 
more of a a consistent three-point effort and you're seeing you know several of these guys move beyond that 36 37 percent uh from outside then they become a problem and i think that's something where you see some of the guys they're going to bring in this year from a freshman standpoint you combine that uh you know with the weatherspoons with the lamar peters those guys um boy mississippi state can be hard to handle uh if, if they can kind of start to figure that out uh, on the perimeter and be be a team that can knock down you know how many threes a night and, and kind of beat you in a lot of different ways that's what I think you look at with them that can make Mississippi State an SEC title contender in my eyes um, how much will the three-pointer you know we talk about some of these other teams how much will the three-pointer kind of play a role for for Georgia and Ole Miss uh, you kind of never know when you have new coaches Tom Crean's at Georgia Kermit Davis is at Ole Miss uh, Ole Miss seems like traditionally kind of has more to work with in terms of you have a guy like Terrence Davis, um, you know, Brian Tyree, their guards are are continued to kind of be the strength of that team. But with Georgia, uh, you don't really know, I think, with Georgia right now. And, and that's kind of the biggest thing. It seems like you've got some guys on that roster that can be effective there. Um, but you just don't know, um, do, do they have the knockdown shooter types that some of these other teams have? And I think that's a question that, that they'll have to answer. And it will kind of, you know, as it always is, be intriguing to see how they play um, just on a night-in and night-out basis, kind of what their offense looks like. Because it just goes back to, to what we've continued to say really this whole offseason is, there's no Yante Mate and there's no JJ Frazier, and we we haven't been used to that. We haven't seen this Georgia team in years without you know two guys like that on the floor. And so now um, you want to see who steps up and how much will they rely on the outside shot? Do they feel like they have enough weapons out there? Um, you know, are they going to be more of a slasher type of team uh, that's able to get in the paint and score a lot that way? So I think that that's what you're going to watch for. Uh, with Georgia. The two teams that led the SEC last year in three-point shooting was Arkansas and Missouri. Of course, the problem is they both have kind of lost their catalysts in that area, Um, so probably would not expect those two teams to lead the SEC this year uh, in three-point field goal percentage, but um, it's something where their, their two teams in particular, especially Arkansas, just got all the new pieces uh, in place and how much is going to run through Daniel Gafford. Uh, you don't really know uh, what that's going to look like uh, for them on the perimeter. Uh, Missouri, uh, you look at Cassius Robertson, Jordan Barnett, guys like that who were uh, big three-point threats uh, last year. Uh, you know, I think Jonte Porter, I mean, he made 43s. Uh, he shot 36.4%. So, uh, so that's just some, some things to keep an eye on there with all these different teams. And, and you know, it kind of goes back to the three-point shooting impact. And we've, we've said it so many times now with the way the game is moving towards uh, the Golden State, small ball type of stuff. Uh, we saw a team like Auburn just really uh, kind of strike gold with that last year. And I think you're seeing more of that uh, in the SEC where, like I mentioned at the top, you know, maybe traditionally hasn't been a league that's always relied on the three-point shots because you've had so much, uh, you know, size inside. You've had teams go through their big guys. You've had all these big guys go to the NBA. Um, and now you're, you're seeing a league that can really kind of thrive in that area because uh, you're, you're seeing that from a recruiting standpoint. 
you're seeing a real big emphasis on getting these knockdown shooters in there, guys that can, can make plays on the perimeter and do so many different things. Uh, so that is something worth debating. Uh, if you want to see the entire list uh, for Andy Katz, just go find him on Twitter, uh, and you'll see his top 25 three-point shooting teams in the nation, but uh, it's certainly debatable, and uh, I think, uh, like I said, I, I would look at Auburn right now. You just base it on how they play. You base it on what they have coming back. Uh, there's there's a lot to like about them uh, from that from that you know perspective, and then these other teams. Uh, there, there's going to be a lot of good guards, as it was you know for many years now, and I think the guard play in the SEC is just really taking such a huge jump and you look at the recruiting rankings the players that have come in the past several years uh it just kind of makes for really really fun times i think in the backcourt and we're going to continue to see kind of how that plays a role in uh three-point land this upcoming season so uh that'll wrap up uh, today's episode of the southeast tubes podcast wanted to kind of digest that a little bit uh give you guys some thoughts on the stuff going on, uh, I think the biggest thing, we just kind of continue to look at practice. You continue to look at some of the stories coming out uh, around the league. There's a lot of good reading out there now. So if you like SEC basketball, you enjoy not only listening to it here through the podcast, but if you like reading a lot of good stuff, uh, you know you can do that. Find these guys uh, who are in these different locations because there's a lot of good news and notes coming out. Uh, as teams start practice this week and I've surely been taking as many notes as I can to try to keep up with everything but there is some good stuff and we're going to continue to talk about it here on the Southeast Suits podcast as we move forward Uh, so uh, be sure you subscribe go over to iTunes search for Southeast Tubes. that way you don't miss any of the stuff uh, that we do have coming up have some uh, a couple good guests lined up for you guys for next week Uh, we'll dive more into different you know teams players all that stuff uh, as we continue to roll along here. Uh, September's almost over, and we're getting closer to October, which means we are getting closer to the start of the regular season on November the 6th. It will be here before you know it. So uh, if you want to get all your SEC basketball stuff, subscribe to the podcast, head over to the site, southeastsoups.com, and start uh, making your notes. Uh, That way you can be ready to go when things tip off here very soon. So thanks as always for listening, and I will talk to you guys next time.